Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with us today is our most frequent guest, Caleb Jenks, all the way down in Rosebud, Texas, coming to you live in Beto O'Rourke country. (laughs) Caleb, how are you doing? Well, it's good to be on here while Texas is still (laughs) a freedom-loving state. See how long that lasts. Have you and your friends all gotten together and gathered up your AR-15s and various semi-automatic firearms and brought them to Beto O'Rourke for um, dismantling and <laughs> and and subsequent destruction? Have you done that yet? <laughs> no, no, we're I guess not good citizens yet. Okay, you know that reminds me. Um, man, do you remember all the way back when um, Obamacare first came out? And they had the, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the mandate you had to sign up and you had to, you know, and I remember I was talking, I was working somewhere and I was talking with a customer and they're like, oh man, you know, and the Obamacare deadline's coming up, like, you know, in a day or two, I got to hurry up and get signed up. They're like, have you gotten signed up yet? I said, no. And they're like, really? Why not? I said, because it's nonsense and I'm not doing it. And they're like, but it's the law. And I'm like, look, we are already clearly so far apart on how we believe nothing I say is going to make sense to you. I don't think you understand. I don't care what the law says. Okay, You can pass all kinds of laws when they're stupid and illegal. I'm not following them. Right. All right. So, folks, uh, today is November 6th, uh, two days from today on Tuesday, November 8th. It is Election Day, and Caleb and I wanted to talk about the election, and we wanted to, you know, just make fun of some of the politicians that are out there and some of the different ballot measures that are here in Colorado and down there in Texas. And then I got a little bit in the way of the Bible I wanted to talk about, you know, and talk a little bit about just uh, government and Christianity, uh, the election and the philosophy, you know, maybe a Christian, uh, should have. So, uh, anyway, uh, if you haven't already figured out, I am the kind of fella that at the time that the harp, you know, and the flute and the sackbut and the psaltery and the dulcimer all start playing, I am not bowing down to the image, no matter what the law says. I don't care. I ain't doing it. So warm up the oven. Um, Caleb uh, lives in Texas, so I think that is enough said there as far as how he believes. Uh, they are the, the only state that consistently uh, threatens America with becoming their own country. All right. So, Caleb, as far as uh, the election, are you excited? you excited for the future of America and what we're going to find out on November 9th. I actually am. And I wish that I wish that more people were, but I think that I think a lot of us kind of got the, got a gut punch after the last election. And so what, why, Yeah. why would anyone be disenfranchised with the last election, Caleb? Well, if you were, if you were ever, uh, I actually had quite a few friends that went out and voted for the, for the first time in the last election really uh, it's their second second time to vote and some of them are probably not going to be voting this year because uh. they feel like oh i always knew my vote didn't count see <laughs> you know so <laughs> so if they were playing psychological warfare against us i think they mm-hmm. they won just on that front um it's it discourages you from getting out and voting but to me i i get excited about it 
You know, mm-hmm. when you when you're angry angry about political issues, this is the one time of year where you can where you can basically write all of you can vent all of your anger on a little piece of paper and you can light it on fire and burn it. And it probably does not yeah. no good, but at least you tried, right? You know, so this okay, is so let's start right there. All right, because I want to get this on record early on in the podcast. I, Patrick Hayes, think every Christian should vote in every single election, period, no matter what. I don't care if you live in Belarus. I don't care if you live in Venezuela. We know your vote doesn't count in those countries. Go do it anyhow. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Well, apparently about one in one in every three Christians believes that because only about one in three gets out and votes. Really? It's so, that bad? Yeah, that's a, the statistic on it in America. One out of three one Christians. One in vote. three Christians. Yep. Yeah, so, I wonder why. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends that spend, you know, they, they spend years complaining about politics, but then they don't get out and vote. <laughs> so You know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to change my tune from now on for the next two years until the next, you know, because we don't have odd year elections here in Colorado. I mean, okay, right. What I'm saying is, like, for you know, United the midterm, right? House, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, for the president, those are all odd, uh, even years. Where in some states they have, you know, odd year gubernatorial elections and state senate and different things. Um, but but let's just say for the next two years, right? Any Christian I hear complain about the state of the country, I am going to abruptly stop them. And ask them one question before you continue, madam, may I ask you this? Did you vote? Right. Then shut up. Like, give me a break. One well, the thing three? is, the thing is that I found is, is there are some that don't vote because they somehow feel like that it would be meddling in government affairs and the, ch- the church should be separate from that. And I somewhat understand that, but then there's others they say Wait, they don't are vote they, because they're they casting their vote in lieu of God. Are they voting as a proxy for God Himself? <laughs> are they voting for their church? Well, that's I no. Think. I didn't know churches could register to vote, Caleb. <laughs> is that is that something new that's you going on? In your, your church that I'm not aware of. Could we squeeze one more vote? out in Colorado for our church. I didn't I didn't know that could happen. I thought American citizens as individuals got to vote. I thought that's how it worked. So you're saying the Democrats are working hard to sneak illegal churches across the border and let them vote without a photo ID? Is that what's going on? Well, Sorry. that seems there seems to be a lot of confusion on that because Jesus Jesus gives churches uh, responsibility and he gives Christians responsibility as individuals. And when mm-hmm. he says to render under Caesar, what is Caesar's? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like Jesus was like, yeah, let the government, you know, do their deal with the money, even though we know it's obviously the Roman empire. I don't see why Jesus was a huge fan of, of funding the organization that was going to be crucifying him. <laughs> but, but obviously, so obviously he had his dis- disagreements, but he still said, pay your taxes. But that didn't necessarily mean he meant just bend over and take it. So Sorry, let me ask that, you that. We can edit that out later, right? No, we're, we don't edit anything out. We don't ever edit offensive and we never edit funny. Those always okay. stand. Yeah. 
So, Caleb, let me ask you this. Those friends of yours that say they don't want to vote because it would be, you know, getting in the way of the of the that it would be the issue of the church running the government. And they want to stay out of that. Do these folks pay their taxes? Yep. So they don't have a, they don't make a stand there. Right. They just make a stand when they have a chance to direct the course of the government that they believe is wicked. That's where they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to have any part of that. I don't want to exercise my rights there because something might change for the better. I'm going to make sure every time decisions are made, it's only the godless that make the decisions. Oh, but you need money for it? Yeah, no problem. April 15th, here's your check. Go ahead, cash that. I'll give you some extra, you know, for all those poor Democrats that don't feel like working. Okay, so one out of three, that's discouraging. You just took all my sales. There's that. So I think part of them do, do keep from voting because they feel like that as a Christian, we should just let the government run rampant and do its thing and we stay out of that because we're of a separate kingdom whatever but then the others i i hear them complain because oh you're going to vote for you're going to pick one of the, the lesser of two evils well mm-hmm. as if they somehow think that because i'm voting that i think that every every politician in america that there's a pure and just as pure as the driven snow christian choir boy that i'm going to be voting for and that i have no disagreement with them on on, on any issue Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have a problem, any, if you can find a problem with either candidate, then you don't vote for either. I find that to be extremely, um, actually somewhat insulting to people that actually do vote to, to assume that, that we don't disagree with, with our politicians. I, I disagree with most Republican voters or politicians on, on taxes and spending, but sure. does that mean that I'm not willing to team up with them? when it comes to pro-life issues or other values that I'm voting on. And I, yeah. I absolutely will, even though I think that they spend my money faster. You know, the difference between uh, death and taxes, you know what the difference is? No. Well, as of currently, uh, this might change, but right now Congress does not meet uh, every year to make death worse. <laughs> so that's, that's the difference between death and taxes. And, and it seems to me like Republicans are on board with that. But does that mean that I'm not going to vote for a Republican if it somehow keeps a Democrat that's going to kill and murder babies, you know, mm-hmm. out of the out of office? Well, I absolutely will vote for the lesser of two evils. Caleb, let me ask you a Bible question. Who did God team up with to get his work done? Uh failed leaders or failing leaders Moses. Okay, let me no 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 okay go when god said to jeremiah to habakkuk when he said i am going to punish the disobedience in the land of israel who did god decide to use as his hand of judgment I'm trying to think I would have to look this. I would have to look at look it up to remember the, that that uh, occasion. Sinner, so, right? Yeah, yeah. He used Babylon. He brought okay. in Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon to be his instrument of judgment. Then God told Habakkuk later, 
And I believe he told Jeremiah as well, but I'd have to look it up. We're currently going through the book of Habakkuk, so that's why it's fresh in my mind. He told him, he said, well, look, Babylon's really bad, and don't you worry. They're going to get theirs as well because of their wickedness. I have to punish them. And who did God use to do that? Uh, drawing a blank on this one, too. <laughs> Cyrus, king of Persia. Right. And in Isaiah chapter 45, God calls Cyrus his anointed. God used Cyrus and the Persian Empire to accomplish his will. God used Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar to accomplish his will. God used Egypt to accomplish his will. God used all of these wicked folks. And I hate to say it, God really didn't have a whole lot of righteous, God-loving, God-fearing, you know, obedient countries that he could pick from to get his job done. So he's like, I'm going to use what I got. And the idea that a Christian wouldn't vote for someone because they don't believe in everything across the board, I mean, that's just nonsense. You know, that's not what government is. We are not talking about the Garden of Eden. We're not talking about heaven and the kingdom of God. We're talking about politics, right? Okay, but we can, we can make an effort. We can vote and we can try to get ourselves more freedom or we can vote and give that freedom away. Those are our options in every election and we're going to do the best we can. Okay. So Caleb, let's jump into the Colorado races. Okay, we got a couple. Do you know House District 3? Do you know who Lauren Boebert is? I do. <laughs> the, the, uh, what, weren't they the owners of that, that restaurant and rifle? They were. So uh, they owned Shooter's Bar and Grill in Rifle, Colorado. It has since shut down, which is too bad. I've been there many times. We used to hunt up that way, and whenever we'd come into town, we'd go to Shooter's and eat some food. And it was a place where all the waitresses would carry a pistol uh, on their side. And uh, it was a pro-Second Amendment place. Lauren Boebert is a pro-Second Amendment lady. And she was the one, she is the gun-loving, Nancy Pelosi-hating woman that Western Colorado sent to Congress. And we just love it every time she throws a fit and screams at people that we hate. So uh, Lauren Boebert, she's up by two currently, and we're excited about that. She's in the House, which means that she has an election that comes up every two years. The wonderful thing about the government, uh, the United States government was set up so that every member sent to the House doesn't really get a chance to do anything in government because all they have time to do is work on their reelection for two years later. So we are glad for that. Okay, so then we have a Senate uh, Senate race, U.S. Senate, and there is, let's see, Michael Bennett and Joe O'Day. Do you know anything about those folks? No, I don't. So Joe O'Day is the Republican that they put up. Uh, he um, He's the kind of guy that when you hear the term rhino Republican, um, it makes you throw up in your mouth uh, because he gives rhinos a bad name. Uh, right. You can pin this guy down, you know, on any issue whatsoever. I think he's an absolute joke. Uh, the only thing he's got going for him is that he's not a Democrat, which means that if uh, he gets a DUI or if uh, he ends up cheating on his wife, 
uh, the media is going to hold it against them. So that's what you got to look forward to when you go to Washington as a Republican. Uh, but anyway, he is down. Uh, Michael Bennett is up between two to eight points. Um, it's just one more, you know, kind of thing that's showing that Colorado is certainly blue. Uh, it was purplish, maybe um, when when I got here, which was 20 years ago, maybe a little red. Mesa County, Colorado, which is in western Colorado, where Caleb and I, um, you know, met and became buddies, uh, is very red. <clears throat> but even uh, all the surrounding counties and and the majority of Colorado, you know, it is purple at best and definitely turning blue. The liberals have gotten in here and and really destroyed it. Okay. Do you know about Jared Polis and Heidi Ganahl? Do you know who Jared Polis is? You must know who Jared Polis I, is. Yeah. I didn't figure Jared's name could go with a female name. I thought he was he liked the Jared and Jared and Heidi. I was thinking more like Jared and John. Like yeah. The, those names ring better. So Jared Polis is the current Colorado uh, governor. Uh, he is a queer, uh, uh, possibly worse than that. He's a vegan. Um, he, uh, he has a boyfriend that he calls his husband. Um, it's just absolutely disgusting. I mean, I, I don't know where to go with that other than I'm so disappointed and disgusted that, you know, uh, this guy is the governor of the state that I live in. Every day I wake up and I walk outside to start my truck in the morning and I look to the sky waiting for God to rain down fire and brimstone. The good news is Denver's on the other side of the mountain, so hopefully we won't get hit with the fallout. So that's what we got going on here in Colorado. What do you have down in Texas? Um, well, in Texas, the only thing that, that most of us are worried about here is the governor race. Um, mm -hmm. and and That's you have a big deal. So who's your guy down there? Who are you voting for? Uh, I'm obviously voting for Greg Abbott because it's either that you're or... minorities. Right? <laughs> you're against the minority Mexican candidate that is running. Right. Exactly. Beto. What was it? Gonzalez or O'Rourke? What? O'Rourke? <laughs> Sounds yeah, that, like that's that's a that's an ancient uh, Mexican name there. <laughs> that guy put so true much American, true effort. American patriot. He was he was with Davy Crockett in the Alamo. <laughs> oh man! Okay, so yeah, so we got a fake uh, fake Mexican candidate uh, that's uh -huh. trying to grab guns and uh, yeah, sure. He's he's as radical as a far leftist as they as they as they have to run. He's he's probably not much better than than your Polis guy that you got up there. So I would probably yeah, but do, there's I would probably do like you should have done when Polis got in <laughs> office and just move out of the state of Texas. Hey, listen, there is one big difference between Beto O'Rourke in Texas and Governor Jared Polis in Colorado. You know what that okay. is? What's that? Governor Jared Polis has won an election. <laughs> That's true. O'Rourke cannot win. You cannot imagine the news that we're getting down here. There's so much fake news about how, oh, he's, well, I think maybe he did outraise on some of the recent fundraising. He's outraised Greg yeah. Abbott. Well, but when after, George Soros is sending you checks with eight zeros at the end of it, it's not <laughs> hard to raise money. But the news media is all like basically like like they're already ready to call the election because they're sure yeah. 
they're sure that the guy that has lost every election he's ever run in is somehow yeah. is somehow yeah. going to win this one. Uh, I I have well, I will say if he does win, I blame it completely on Greg Abbott for his mm-hmm. mishandling of the COVID pandemic early on. People yeah. were pretty upset about that. I mean, he he early on he shut shut businesses down because of COVID. He later on reversed course, and then there was there was cities that were shutting down um, businesses, and he ended up doing an executive order overturning those other orders. So it was illegal for a city to shut down businesses or mandate masks in Texas. So eventually he came around to doing the right thing, but early on he panicked and went with the went with the swamp on that whole mess. Um, so I think he if if he loses. Or if if O'Rourke gets in, I would blame it on Abbott, not that somehow O'Rourke. Uh, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, patriots here that are really really disgruntled with with Greg Abbott, and so they they may not feel like they have a lot of incentive to get out and vote, uh, even though they're not they don't support the other guy. And you know what? I understand that I really do. Currently, Abbott is up between six to thirteen points, depending on the poll that right. you look at. So, I mean, he's got a healthy lead, you know, with two days left in in the election. But if I lived in Texas, for crying out loud, hold your nose, (laughs) go to the poll, and vote for Greg Abbott. I mean, that's an easy one. Beto O'Rourke just flat out said, we are coming to take all of your guns. And you know what? I almost moved to Texas just in hopes that he would show up on my property trying to take my guns oh uh, that so would have been wonderful it was funny there was he actually showed up in rosebud to a mm-hmm. city council meeting this is a tiny town 1300 people where i live and he wow. showed up here to a city council meeting i don't know why he decided to do that but he showed up here this was a couple of years ago and yeah. then there were some farmers and ranchers that mm-hmm. were like hey i heard that that guy's in town where's he at we're loading up <laughs> we're loading up in the trucks we're gonna go find this guy <laughs> And I thought oh, that was cool. Yeah, I thought that was funny. But apparently they, they must not have found him that night because he's he's still he's in the still race. Alive. Yeah. You know, Jared Anyways. Polis, one time he came out to Western Colorado to meet with uh, all the oil and gas execs to have a sit-down meeting and reprimand them, like, how dare you, you know, drill for oil and gas and provide the natural resources that our country so desperately needs. Don't you know that we could stop all that, you know, and fill up our cars? on uh on glitter and unicorn tears what an idiot okay so so caleb let's see so you know i want to know what the most the most unfair thing about american politics is Mm -mm. is that we get 50 choices for Mm -hmm. uh miss america but we only get two choices for the president of america (laughs) Mm, that is unfair they narrow it down to they narrow it down to two candidates, and that's what they yeah. done here in Texas. It's like, man, I, I wish that the, I wish that we had an option for another Republican to vote mm-hmm. on because mm-hmm. in my in my opinion, if somebody panders to the left in office, they yeah. shouldn't ha- they, they we shouldn't be forced to have to to vote for them again. But obviously we've got we got Greg Abbott or we got O'Rourke. Well- and, you know, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but that's one of the problems with our system. We have um, uh, two parties. Yeah. And we have, uh-huh. uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm losing the, I lost the word. What is it that we have? Uh, the preliminary election to narrow it down to the one candidate. Oh, the, the, the primary, 
primaries. You know, we have the primaries, but I hate to say it, if you don't get uh, your name behind or if you don't get the big uh, money coming in from the national party, uh, you know, you have well, it's, and, and it's I won't register as a Republican, so I can't even vote sure. in the primaries. Yeah, because I I refuse to become a registered Republican. Yeah, I'm the same way. I refuse. So I don't I don't I'll even have any Republican. say in those, which I've considered becoming because I certainly don't. The only reason I would ever vote for a libertarian is just hmm. because I was wanted to basically write my vote on a paper and throw it to the wind <laughs> because obviously it's not going to get anywhere or a Democrat. The only reason I would ever vote Democrat would be to sabotage the party. Now, the evil you know platform. I used to be a registered Democrat just so that I could vote in the primaries and pick the worst <laughs> candidate to try to I, get them. I would have more fun doing that than registering oh, as a yeah. Republican. <laughs> there are a lot of conservative people that do that, like whole blocks of people that get together and they're like, okay, who's the biggest moron? That's probably right. why that's probably why Biden got the nomination. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. That's why Hillary got close. Everyone's like, yeah, vote her and, you know, she'll get to <laughs> Could you imagine a presidential debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? She would have come out of that thing in a paper bag. Well, <laughs> they had a couple of good exchanges on one debate. It was hilarious. <laughs> You remember when she said, when she said, it's a, it's a really good thing that we don't end up with, uh, with a, somebody with a temperament like Donald Trump as mm -hmm. commander in chief with the nuclear codes or whatever. He's like, yeah, because you'd end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> the whole crowd erupted. It was hilarious. But yeah. Okay. So I want to play a game here. Okay? okay. So let's see. Let's see. If you can, so I'm going to read a state ballot measure here in Colorado. Okay. This one's Proposition FF. Okay. Now, I want you to stop me when you know which way I voted. Let's okay. see how many words I need to get out. All right. Shall state taxes be increased no you voted no. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's how many words i had to read right. there are 159 words in that ballot measure i read five of them <laughs> oh man that's funny okay here's here's a local city of grand junction city of grand junction 2b Okay, in case that rings a bell. Okay. Shall the city of Grand Junction taxes be increased? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's like, do you do you want to are you suicidal? Do you want to burn your money? <laughs> it's just insane. Again, two hundred. Doesn't matter what words. the reason, because they're gonna nope. have a good explanation of why, right? Don't care. Okay, the money could all go to saving orphan puppies and what I mean, I could care less. That's all it took. Uh, there was another one. Uh, Grand Junction, City of Grand Junction, Proposition 2A. Shall the City of Grand Junction lodging tax be increased? No. Okay, so if you need to read more than those 10 words, on the ballot measure, I'm just going to go ahead and say you're an idiot. 
right or you're on welfare if you're on the 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 government dole sure maybe you'd read further than that but caleb who on earth is stupid enough to vote to raise taxes on themselves right and it blows me away that this stuff gets passed all the time. But the reason is so many of these things, do you want to know where the taxes come from specifically? What type of taxes are they raising money on? Um, I'd say property tax. Property tax. That's the number one thing right. they raise. Okay. So it's the easiest who does one that affect? Of course Everyone. it is. Right. Because the minority of people own property so if you work a job and you rent you're thinking to yourself what do i care right oh yeah let's build a new high school that sounds wonderful we'll just spend 50 million dollars on a on a new building that you know kids can come in and and sell drugs in the you know most high-tech wonderful newest cleanest beautiful building in, in the city wouldn't that be wonderful man yeah. So with uh, I I just was looking at some of these candidates that you have in Colorado. So mm -hmm. I I'm pretty much the same way when it comes to most most candidates. The some yeah. of the big ticket ones, I'll actually look and see kind of their voting history or whatever on, on a voter guide. Yeah. But when you come to like Michael Bennett and Joe mm -hmm. Day, I guess those are the two that are running against each other here. Yeah. I I was looking over a voter guide here. Well, there's mm -hmm. a whole bunch of these, but the, the one is says that the de Democrat agrees with males and being in female sports. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to look at any of the rest of these to know that this no, guy is exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then you go uh, across the line and, and you see that he's, of course. Um, so this one here, infants born alive require life saving care for infants born alive after failed abortion. He disagrees mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. What? So, Save so their life in a hospital? There what was a, we can't afford that. Right. So there was a time in this country where there was some Democrats that were actual decent, you know, respectable <laughs> citizens, human beings that I would have had no problem voting for. But we've come to a, a new low with the Democrat Party that in order to get any airtime on the platform, you have to be a, a radical, far left, yeah. evil. Like, I don't see... I personally don't see how somebody can vote Democrat and call themselves a Christian. I just don't see how that can possibly be a thing. Caleb, nowadays, the Democrat Party is a race to the bottom. It is right. a race to idiots, idiocy. It's unbelievable. They try to one-up each other with a new stupid idea that trumps all other previous stupid ideas. It just blows right. me away. Like, I, I, I am always thinking like, wow, that's it. That's about as far down the line as we can. Oh, wait. Nope. Sorry. I turned on the view. They came up with a new one. You know, <laughs> like it just it, it absolutely blows me away. Every time I turn around, they come up with some something. You worse. Know, yeah, some new stupid idea. They're like, of course, boys should be able to compete against girls and girls sports. And I'm like, really? Right. There was a reason that we divvied it up in the Olympics a long time ago, you know, but nope, they just, yeah, that's, that's what we want to do. Of course, all the dads who spent all the time and money and energy practicing with their daughter to, you know, see her tennis serve or her track and field time in, you know, they're like, uh, 
does anyone see a problem with this that, you know, we're going to, you know, so all of a sudden, and that's what we're going to be up against right around the corner. You know, if the world allows it in the Olympics, it's like, oh, okay, well, basically uh, the country that's going to do the best is the country that's going to have, you know, the largest number of lefty pinko commie, you know, monster Frankenstein tranny weirdos. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, look at that. We had, you know, a bunch of dudes that cut off their junk and decided to go wrestle women in the Olympics. And lo and behold, we got eight more gold medals. That makes sense, right? Everyone's good with that. I mean, that seems legitimate. It's the emperor's new clothes. No one is willing to stand up and be like, right. you guys are morons. Like, do you understand that? That's what I okay. liked about that's what I liked about Trump is he didn't mind he didn't mind calling yeah. it like it was. Yep. You know, I I just have a feeling he would appreciate this podcast. I mean, I don't know, but I just I have a feeling it's up his alley. Okay, so Caleb, I got two for you. I want to bring up two propositions on the ballot here in Western Colorado and I want to see what you think. What would you vote yes or no? What would most Christians vote, yes or no? And what did Patrick vote? Okay. State Proposition 125. So what this does is it allows any store, uh, you know, that sells full-strength beer and liquor to now also be allowed to start selling wine as well without any additional licenses needed. Because apparently, for some reason, I have no idea why, Maybe you need a special license out here in Colorado to sell wine, but, you know, not beer and liquor. So they want to say, nope, if you have this one license, you can sell wine as well. What do you think? Um, I would guess that being that you're not a government overreach guy, that you would not um, want any additional licensing, even though you're against drinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay and you're correct so i was for that because i don't think the government should have a say in that um i'm not i am against licensing you know uh and yes i am very much you know that i am more against alcohol do you know a christian that's more against alcohol than me i mean really i mean you you know a lot of pretty conservative christians well, like locked down barbed wire in a compound kind of Christians you're you're against you're you are against um murdering babies and eating them right wait and you said and eating them right so or children in general just murdering children and eating them you're against that right I am I am I am both against murdering children and babies and I am also against eating children and babies. So I want to make this clear. Even okay, so if, both. Yeah, even if you did not do the murdering. Okay. I am still fully against you eating them. And and the reason the reason that you're against that is because that might lead to drinking. Yes. <laughs> Somebody might be so depressed that they would drink. So the reason that Patrick is against murdering children and eating them is because he's afraid that it could possibly lead to it drinking. Possibly that's, lead to drinking. That's how it rates on his priority scale. <laughs> oh, but the reason I bring this up, and okay, so let me go, let me go with another one. Okay. 
Proposition 126, this is another state proposition, allows the delivery of liquor and beer to be delivered with your groceries. So do you guys now, do you have a wall? Have you ever seen a Walmart down there in Rosebud, Texas? Have, have you guys ever, it's a big blue building. It's it, the building itself employs more people than your whole town. Have you seen one of these? It's um, a blue building. It's really not, in, not, in, not in Rosebud. We you might have to drive on an interstate somewhere to get to a town. Okay. Are there any towns close by that have like, utilities like electricity and water run to the houses are there any towns like that close by because i'd start with one of those they might have a walmart yeah so we have waco we're not too far from waco and there is a walmart okay. there okay so you've heard of these yes okay, so walmart has a service where they will hire methamphetamine addicts to come and pick up your groceries and bring them right to your house have you I ever see. tried this service <laughs> no I am not exaggerating with the caliber of people that will pick up your groceries. Like the, my wife tried it once because it was like, you know, it was the new thing. And we're like, holy cow, it only cost like, I don't know, like 15 bucks for the month or something. And people are going to bring the groceries. And for a family where the mom has six kids that she has to have in tow when she goes to the grocery store, it's like, yeah, $15. Are you kidding me? That's totally worth it. The first car that pulled up, it had a crying baby. It had a like grossly obese and underdressed, you know, mom in it, missing teeth. It had a dog in the back that was like barking and trying to get out. And she pulls up and I like, and I happened to be home that day. And I legitimately said to my son, I was like, go get my gun. (laughs) (laughs) And she pops her trunk and and grabs the Walmart bags. And I'm like, wow, sweetie, cancel the service. We're done. (laughs) You are driving to the store, baby. I mean, it was so insane. Okay. So anyway, some people might take advantage of that service. But what that service is not allowed to do is bring you your beer and whiskey. So state proposition 126 will allow the delivery of liquor and beer to be delivered to your house with your groceries. How do you feel about that? I would vote. I would probably vote yes on that. Not because I I voted. What's that? How do you think I voted? Yes. I did vote yes. How do you think most Christians would vote? No. I agree. Tell me why. Because most Christians get caught up in being uh freedom grabbing uh liberty throwing away liberty for their safety you name it because they drink the poison of the fact that the government can somehow legislate morality and solve all of our cultural problems so i agree i have a big issue with christians that i'm gonna say vote the bible okay now i believe the bible But I don't feel that the government, because of my non-aggression principle, I don't believe that the government, I should be able to use them to force other people to do what I want. And the reason for that is this simple. If we are okay with that, then wait until the other side gets the majority. What do you think they are going to force you to do? So I am okay with voting to get the government to force people to be more free. That's what I'm okay for. Even if I disagree with the freedom, 
Uh, unfortunately, you have to force freedom on a lot of people in America. So, so that's that's my issue. So I find myself voting for things where I got to hold my nose sometimes because I totally disagree with the behavior. But the fact is, you know, I I cannot bring myself to um, vote for uh, what you call stealing freedom from people, especially in a case where. Um, God does not even call something a sin, okay? And God does not have a punishment for it. And so, okay. go ahead. You brought so since you're on that topic, if I can, yeah. I was just yeah, give it. A I minute. think that this this is there are probably times where, as a Christian, that you should vote your conscience rather than voting what you think that you should vote as a Christian. There's there are there is a, a place and a time to pray and use some common sense in voting rather yeah. than just doing what going with, along with the crowd because there's a majority of Christians in this country that are complete morons. <laughs> and <What? laughs> well, hey, when look, you think about it, think about the amount of people that go and get abortions and yet call themselves Christians. Our listeners. Okay. Christian well, morons. That's our bread and butter. If you're what the one, you if you're the one out of three Christians that's listening to this podcast that's actually voting and isn't a moron, then please mm-hmm. don't shut us off yet. I was not talking about yeah. you, <laughs> but no, you the thing example. is, well, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing is is you shouldn't always just go with the flow as as far as what other nice nice Christians are doing. I think that sometimes we have uh, I have a lot of conservative Christian home. You know, they grew up homeschooled, um, had had every reason to turn out to be to have kind of their priorities in order and to have some decent values. And because their parents somehow instilled in them this necessity to be nice they're always going to do the nice thing, whether it's mm-hmm. the right thing or not. And that drives me nuts. Or yeah. vote vote for, uh, if you're going to vote for somebody that you think is more inclusive because your pastor wears skinny jeans and, and yeah, tells you... Flip-flops! <laughs> yeah, so I mean, if you we go to... If you go to homosexuality, okay? We covered. Okay. I don't need to I talk need about to flip-flops again right now. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if you go to a if you go to a a inner city church or a in an urban area where you have a lot of liberal mm-hmm. people and your pastor or your church is pandering toward these uh, social issues and being politically correct, they may they may encourage you to do the right to to do the wrong thing or the right thing in their eyes. And so I, I just would never I would never base my vote off of not like like what you said voting the Bible or voting what you think other Christians are doing. I was, I was super annoyed when the whole gay, the gay marriage thing was before the Supreme court. I was surprised by how many Americans were just eager to jump on that bandwagon and, and, and try to ban gay marriage in the country when it actually gives the government an overreach into a part of our lives that I don't think the government has any say in. Now I was torn on that issue. That was an issue that for me, it, it's, it's nonsensical that anybody even calls gay marriage, gay marriage, because it, it is it's not, not marriage. marriage. Yeah. But at the same and I'm I'm kind of one of these people where I'm like, let the sinners sin. Let sinners be sinners. Let them do their thing. If you want to be gay, that doesn't really affect me. You go do your thing. And I'm not gonna, I don't have any problem with the fact that non-safe people are not acting and and emulating Christian values. Um, I I do have a problem that with once the government makes government makes stupid laws like saying we're gonna recognize gay marriage as an actual union when it isn't there is no such thing as gay marriage 
Um, now all of a sudden gay people can adopt children and they can force them to grow up in homes where they're getting indoctrinated and getting um, these values crammed down their throat. So I was torn on that issue. And and ultimately, I think sometimes you do have to pray on some of these things and 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 vote your conscience on it, um, because there are there are some laws that are so nonsensical that they're trying to cram down our throat. I, I did not vote or did not think that it was necessary to to get involved with the whole gay, gay marriage, banning gay marriage, uh, because I think that if I vote on that and say the government has the right to to, to ban something, then how do I then? it's hypocritical for me to then say, well, if I am a shopkeeper and I want to uh, do business and choose who I do business with or not do business with, the, with somebody that's forcing their gay agenda down my throat, that I don't want the government to tell me I have to do that either. So it's kind of, we become hypocrites where we, we become freedom grabbing. Um, I don't know. We, be, we become communists trying to force our agenda down other people's throats by by legislating morality. So I, I agree with you that sometimes voting, voting the Bible isn't necessarily the common sense or right thing to do because we're giving the government permission to do things that they shouldn't do. Mm. Okay, so Caleb, let me ask you this. What dictates whether or not you vote for a candidate? And I know that's a broad strokes question, mm -hmm. but Christians are, are going to be going out to the voting booth or in Colorado, we have been, um, you know, falsifying documents and forging um, <laughs> ballots for a month now because we, right. you know, um, we have mail-in ballots. So, you know, we've been busy for a while. Um, right. You know, just robbing mailboxes of the elderly and forging signatures and you know i mean so going, going to the graves and and yeah. knocking on the headstone and finding out which uh, way they're voting right uh but other than you know colorado most people are going to have an election day they're going to be you know whatever going to uh going to the election booth and they're going to be thinking about you know who do i vote for why do i vote for them so give me your idea tell me some of the why why not um, what's going to cause you to vote for a candidate? Well, fortunately right now I have a very easy voter guide um, mm -hmm. <laughs> because we have, we have two platforms. You have to pick uh -huh. from one or two. And if somebody is, is an actual Democrat and is supporting the, the, the policies that the Democrats are, I'm pretty mm -hmm. well, I'll just say this last election I voted read all the way up the ballot with the exception of one sheriff that we had locally. Mm -hmm. And I voted for the Democrat in that case because the Republican was a corrupt sheriff that had been uh, molesting his molesting women, uh, people that he had arrested that he uh, and then people in the office, I'm not sure. And the Texas Rangers actually came in and, and arrested the guy. It wasn't just like somebody made some allegation about, oh, way back in the day, this guy touched me or he said something I didn't like. This was, you know, an actual he was an actual monster that was our sheriff in, in the county that we live in. So I voted for the Hispanic Democrat that was here. So you can't call me a racist. <laughs> I voted I'll my value. Racist whenever I want. You don't okay. tell me what, this is my show. You don't tell right. me what I call you. Okay. So for, so for me, um, I would say that, that we should, I, I hope that it gets back to a point in this country where, where we don't have such black and white politics as we as we have right now. Well, but was that a racist black and white comment? <laughs> okay. Is that what it was? Because that sounded like what it was to me. 
Yeah, I was I I was wanting to get them to put a a uh, proposition on the ballot here to bring back the Klan in Texas. That's what I was mentioning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm glad I not on record. I wish that it wasn't as as black and white as it is right now. But we have I I, I disagree with very much on the right a lot that there there's a lot of um, specifically with with values. I would I would categorize three things. I would say. Uh, government responsibility with funding is one one as a big concern for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, I, I don't see how we, I think that we're at an all time low as far as government waste in, in mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle right now. I don't think there's a res- hardly a responsible, I mean, maybe Rand Paul, he's about the only politician that I can think of right now that might actually know how to balance a checkbook and not throw my money away if I gave it to him. So I don't feel like we hold have, on, hold on. You mentioned his name. Moment okay. of silence. May he live forever. Please continue. <laughs> Aside from Rand Paul, we have some Republicans that can stand on the Senate floor and they can give a fiery speech about freedom and whatever, and then they can turn around and they can vote to raise our taxes. And they hmm. they vote on these stupid projects where they throw money away. And I just think that right now there is no fiscal responsibility in government. So for mm-hmm. me, that would be a big one for me. But I don't, I I just don't really even care about it right now because it's like, well, they're all throwing my money away. So 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 what good is it going to do on that? So that to me ranks fairly low. And now mm-hmm. as far as moral values, that does rank pretty highly for me. Um, but I would say personalities. I don't look so much at personalities. I don't get wrapped up in in the hype around somebody's personality and and trying to look at, over every single vote that they ever had right now, if they're, if they stand on the Democrat platform, I mean, I don't know why we have some people like, like Liz Cheney still in the Republicans, Republican party, unless she's just there to sabotage it, but she's a a far leftist in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have, to me, we have it as easy as it, as it could ever be right now. I just vote straight red all the way up the ballot because I cannot stand anybody that would that would come out and say, "Oh yeah, I want to be a part of the party that that says that we should uh, allow tr- uh, transgender people in the bathrooms." I, I am going to be on the with the party that says that we should have abortion, and and I'm afraid that people are going to forget now that the Supreme Court ruled the way that they did. I'm afraid mm-hmm. that they're going to that there there's going to be Christians that forget all the politicians that were supporting that because that's. I, I don't know if that's going to be an, as big of an issue in this election now because people are going to be, oh, that's taken care of. And then they go ahead and vote for the vote for the Democrat that was supporting uh, abortion just because they hate Trump or hate somebody that yeah. liked Trump or you know whatever. So to me, I think that I I don't I don't understand people that get all wrapped up in in voting for somebody based off of their personality. There's a lot of people that hate Trump because of his personality. I don't care about Trump's personality. He says some things I don't that I don't like, but d- does that mean that I would ever vote for Joe Biden over over Donald Trump? And I know a lot of Christians, Republicans that voted for Joe Biden because they hated Trump. Mm-hmm. And I d- I just think that sometimes we become we we become too wrapped up in our, in our emotions. So I would just separate your emotions from it, try to stick with the facts. And right now it's pretty easy because you got a you have an evil platform that is the Democrat party that is all out evil on every moral issue. They're on the wrong side. So it's easy for me. I just vote Republican up the ballot now. And I think you're, I think you're right. Um, Sorry. I'm reading about 150 YouTube comments um, 
from a guy that I don't know. Um, have I ever told you about my YouTube followers? I'm guessing that they're all very logical, insane people. People that hang out on YouTube usually are the cream of the crop. Okay, so this is so every single person that makes comments on my YouTube channel, for some reason, if people make comments on the Facebook page, like during the videos, they're usually related to what we're talking about to some degree. Everybody that watches my YouTube channel, the Bible Thumper podcast YouTube channel and makes Mm -hmm. comments on these live videos is clearly off their medication. Okay, (laughs) I have a standing rule with my entire family. I say, here's the deal. If we are ever out in public and someone from my YouTube channel introduces themselves as a follower of the Bible Thumper podcast on YouTube, I am going to draw my gun and empty the magazine into their chest. And I want my wife and children to run for cover in any direction because they probably are holding an explosive device. Is this is this commenter still watching right now? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, hello, Mister. Yeah, they're still going. I so mean, is there? Do you have some? You have some pieces of uh, some nuggets of wisdom that they've shared with us there that you want? No, this okay. stuff would break the internet. <laughs> okay, I see. this is edgy for the internet. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, pulling it back to uh, to what we were talking about here, so. How do you feel about now? I want to I want to just make a couple of comments here kind of related to what you were saying. And then I want to bring my friend on and I want to have him talk to us for a few minutes. I'm going to call my buddy over in Virginia and have him um, walk us through an idea and then we can talk about that. Okay, so the question I had for you was, how do you feel about voting blue no matter who? Okay, and that's a term I've heard Democrats use before. We got to vote blue no matter who. Well, I certainly, dis- I, I certainly disagree with that because I would never vote red no matter who. Sure. But I mean, here's my here's my issue. OK. I believe that as soon as the majority of the country has that mindset, whether red or blue, I'm concerned that it is over. And right. the reason is. At that point, Republicans and Democrats, politicians, not the not um, not citizens, but the politicians, they no longer need to work on fixing our country. They never have to worry about fixing our country again as soon as they can get us completely segregated into a red and a blue camp. Right. They only need to convince us to support them because they are not their opponent. And I'm afraid that that is the case for a a lot of the country. And I'm going to tell you this, Caleb. So for the most part, um, there are a lot of times when I hold my nose and I pull the lever for, um, you know, a Republican. And keep in mind, I don't mean a literal lever. I mean, I fill in the little circle on my ballot and dozens of other ballots that I've stolen out of mailboxes all over the state of Colorado in an election fraud, you know, attempt. Okay. Like all Facebook, Facebook fact checkers. Now's your time to (laughs) take the page down because we now have evidence that there is election fraud among Republicans. So, um, now do you know, well, I'll I'll get off on, I'll get off on mail-in ballots here, here in a minute. Okay. So, um, 
a lot of times I will hold my nose and I will vote for the Republican candidate, even though I really don't like them, only because I don't want the Democrat to get in. There are right. many times when I will, as you say, throw my vote away on the Libertarian candidate. Right. And I proudly throw my vote away on the Libertarian candidate. Now, Caleb, have you ever uh, listened to the Clay and Buck show? They're the two fellows that took over for uh, Rush Limbaugh's spot um, after he passed away. Okay, so uh, Clay and Buck Sexton, um, they're very good. They're entertaining. You know, I I enjoy listening to them. And and keep in mind, they have like eight to 10 million, you know, listeners every day. So, I mean, we're in the same, you know, ballpark Bible Thumper podcast, but they're they're doing a little better. Um, Have they reached out for an endorsement yet? No, I'm, okay. I'm still waiting. We got two days till election day, you know. Right, okay. So, but anyway, they very overtly make fun of, you know, uh, anybody who is going to quote throw their vote away for um, a libertarian candidate. And here's my problem: I cannot anymore in good conscience, vote for rhinos to go to Washington and just do what the Democrats want. I've done it so many times. We've seen it where the president, the House, and the Senate, all Republican, still did not overturn Obamacare. I mean, at, at this point, it's like, guys, no matter what you say, you go to Washington and you vote to spend more money right. every single time. Yeah, you'll make some token tax cuts to try to show everyone, you know, that you are really conservative, but it's nonsense. Right. They're they're not doing what they're supposed to. They're not cutting spending. They're increasing it all the time. They're increasing the size of the government. They're not fighting against um, the uh, central power and authority of the federal government and trying to minimize that, they are again and again and again uh, doing the exact opposite of what they promised me to do. And I've met some of these guys. I've I've gone to the rallies. I've listened to them talk and they lied right to my face and they went to Washington and they did the exact opposite right. of what they said. I'm done. I'm done. Now, I don't think that Patrick Hayes's vote is going to change anything, but I will not, absolutely will not vote for Joe O'Day. And I didn't. I voted for the liber, uh, libertarian candidate, Brian Piotter. I had him on my podcast. I met him. I met his wife and his kids. I interviewed him on the podcast. We talked about a lot of things. Wonderful family, very straightforward, very solid on what he believes. And Joe O'Day is a joke. And you just watch. He's going to go to Washington. Well, he's not. He's going to lose. Okay. But if he wins and goes to Washington, because it's it's a little bit of a close race, okay, <clears throat> He is going to uh, be a rhino Republican. He's going to get on the team and he's going to do whatever he's told. And it's going to be a joke and the country is going to be worse for it. Right. At some point, we have to stop sending rhinos to Washington. And there's plenty of folks that are going to vote Republican until the day they die. So you early, you already early voted. Yeah. I mailed in my ballot. 
Well, God has time to use the people in the election office to scribble it out and make it oh, yeah. whoever he wants to be. In yeah, office. he's they're going to scribble that out and they're going to vote for Democrat Michael Bennett, regardless of what I put down. So that's not a problem. It, now, did you know that my mail-in ballot was not counted? Really? Yeah. Uh, my mail-in ballot, my mail-in ballot is never counted. Really? Yep, because I take my mail-in ballot and I just make a squiggle. I don't even try to make it look close to my signature, and I send it in to see if they're actually checking and comparing signatures or not. You want to know if mail-in ballots work? Go ahead and just make a squiggle and mail it on in, and if they accept it, they are not checking signatures. It is a fraud. So here in Mesa County, they actually check the signatures and mine is nowhere near my signature. And then they mail me something and they say, hey, we got this. Was it you? You need to prove that it's you with these steps. And then I do everything correctly and I sign it properly and I send it back. And then they email me and they say, okay, we got it. We're counting your ballot. Huh. I, I do that every year to make, to, sure to make sure you got it. And I know people all over the state that do that. And nine out of 10 of them, ballot goes right through. Nobody asks a question. Really? Yep. So you see, the problem is that you can go to massive um, apartment complexes. And what you can do is the week after all the ballots are mailed out, just go to the dumpster. You're going to get thousands of ballots in that dumpster. Nobody cares. Nobody's voting. You can gather them all up. You can fill them all out. You can squiggle lines on them and nobody's checking signatures. Wow. That's the problem. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, my concern is that at some point, and I believe we're there now, Republicans and Democrats no longer need to work on fixing the country. All they have to do is convince their supporters to vote for them because they are not their opponent. Okay, um, Caleb, before we start getting into the Bible verses and kind of like what Christians need to do, I wanted to call my buddy Mitch and have him on here and have him explain uh, the theory of the four boxes. You got a minute right. for that? Yep. Okay. I'm going to call Mitch. This is the first time we're calling someone on, on the Bible Thumper podcast. So it's ringing. Mitch is expecting our call. Hey, Mitch, are you there? I'm here. How are you? Good, man. Hey, you're live on the Bible Thumper podcast. You're with Caleb down in Rosebud, Texas, and uh, and you know me. So I told Caleb we were going to have you on to explain the theory of the four boxes. So uh, before you get going on that, uh, Caleb, I knew Mitch Martin. He was on staff uh, at a church. He was an assistant pastor up here in Grand Junction. And I know him and his family, and you know they're they're good friends of our family, and we stay in touch. Uh, they got a bunch of kids, and uh, they've just been a huge blessing to us. So they live out in Virginia now. They live uh, close to Washington and the swamp. And um, anyway, uh, Mitch is a lot, a, a lot closer than you do. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, <laughs> that was that was a way better introduction well, than what he gave me about you before you anyway. came on. You, you never believe the things he told me about um, you before you came on here. <laughs> since uh, we spoke about this for about an hour and a half ago, I went online and found um, the quote in the uh, Life and Times of Frederick Douglass, mm -hmm. who wrote in 1845. He was talking. He was a black man, and in his, in his biography, um, he talks about fighting for um, establishing citizenship for the the freedmen that were the blacks that were freed from the 
Civil War. He says, um, from the first, I saw no chance of bettering the condition of the freedman until he should cease to be merely a freedman and should become a citizen. I insisted that to guard, protect, and maintain his liberty, the freedman should have the ballot, that the liberties of the American people were dependent upon the ballot box, the jury box, and the cartridge box, that without these, no class of people would live and flourish in this country and this people. Now the war... Now the word for the hour with me and the word to which people of the North willingly listened when I spoke. Hence regarding as I did the elective franchise as the one great power by which all civil rights are obtained and joined and maintained under our freedom of government and the one without which freedom into any class is delusive, if not impossible, I set myself to work for whatever force and energy I possess to secure this power for the recently emancipated millions. So um, it's become four because we talk about just the, the um, Richard John Newhouse wrote The Naked Public Square and he was talking about um, the sphere of communication among people and influencing ideas and that you put forth your idea and it stands out in the, out in the, the, the pathways of public discourse and um, that these these boxes, so to say, have become have become um, practically restricted through um, politically correct rules of free speech and and big tech and and media kind of um, shadow banning and, and censoring different ideas to try to control the narrative, and we lose the the amount of influence that we would want to have to feel like our ideas may have the same um, impact um, potential as as opposite ideas because of the ideologies of those that are trying to control. So, as I as I'm painting, I'm painting the picture that this idea that the soapbox has been compromised. And then we talk about the ballot box and, you know, um, people um, take different um, opinions about how much election fraud there was or is. And uh, but I find it to be very discouraging. I can I hear what people think, but I don't know if that's going to turn around to win an election. So in my own in my own being, I get frustrated. I get it's not going to work. So the the soapbox and the ballot box become not an agent of hope anymore in my own beliefs of what I think our society needs. So then there's the, Mitch, we turned it in there. Hold on. Mm -hmm. So okay. Caleb, where do you stand on that? Cause I can tell you that as far as the first two boxes, Mitch has mentioned, which is the soapbox and the ballot box. I definitely, you know, am concerned about, the censorship of free speech on the radio, on the internet. I mean, we, we've seen it. I mean, they've gone so far as to knock people off of platforms. And then uh, when they go to a different platform, um, they've gone so far as to say, okay, well, we own all the webs, uh, all the uh, um, servers that you need for that platform to exist. So we're just going to shut them off. So you can't even make another way around it. So anyone 
that upsets Google and Facebook and and all of these different uh, places where we can get our voices out, along with you know um, uh, radio programs and along with uh, news channels, you know, all of these things, certain ideas are just not allowed on there. Do you feel the same way about that first one? The soapbox is is pretty much already being locked down. Oh, yeah. I, I'm assuming that Mitch can't hear me. Can, can you hear me, Mitch? Mitch, can you hear Caleb talking? No, I cannot. Okay, sorry, Caleb. Since he's coming in through my um, soundboard for some reason, uh, he cannot hear you. He can only hear me. So I'll keep my answer really short so you can. Yeah, read yeah, go him, ahead. No, give an answer either way. In short, I agree that it's compromised. And I agree that it's, there is no, there's no great, uh, there's no great town square to go to right now to make our proclamation. But I don't think that as Christians that we should ever settle for retreating from engaging with society. I think that we need more values um, in our society and more, uh, more opportunities for us to engage. No, and, and that's a great point. So even though we are being censored and, and the soapbox is being locked down, the, the point you're making is that we still need to do everything we can to be on that soapbox and get whatever word out that we can, um, even though it's being locked down. And then that point can also be made on the second one, which is the ballot box, which I don't know about everyone else, but I think, if you don't feel like there was fraud in the last election, I don't know what to tell you. Like right. if you think it was right. completely on the up and up, you know, I, I mean, it's kind of like I got a bridge to sell you. We we all well, know. I, I bought the I bought the movie by that Dinesh D'Souza put out called Two Thousand Mules. Yeah, he did an excellent job of staying within only one category of of election fraud and where he could show the technology that there was enough fraud just in that one method to turn the election. And there's 20 different things going on. So he, he didn't put that out there. He wasn't going to set himself up to be criticized. He just said, Hey, this one, I can show you it was enough to turn it. And you know, it gets whatever, what I have the, the, the direction I'm heading and what I'm trying to tell you is that that um, while I feel reduced, I don't feel totally shut out. Yeah. The, the impact of that is somewhat emotional. Um, it makes me feel discouraged, like my efforts in persuading public opinion just through people I know and people I talk to, friends at church, or if I start using social media or anything that involves technology, um, I, I just, I just feel discouraged that the impact of that is less than it should be because I'm being, I'm being reduced in potential, um, in in, but so whether it so I did say that there's four boxes: the the soap box, the ballot box, um, the jury box, and the ammo box or the the cartridge box, as Frederick Douglass called it. Um, but so I, you know, I was, I was at the Capitol on January 6th. I didn't go where I shouldn't go, but I was there. We took it as an opportunity to talk about the okay. process we and we'll go there later. But, but the NSA is probably already on their way. <laughs> Folks, we're gonna have yeah, to yeah, yeah, in yeah. a second. We're gonna have okay. black helicopters landing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this is that 
that the process where we were looking for for coming back and looking for something to be set right through the justice system, it wasn't set right. So having this idea that there's some hope in in things being corrected through justice or through the courts, the jury box, we've been let down. Is it all corrupt? No. Is there corruption? Yes. So what's left? I mean, okay, so do we go to war? That's a big topic. I, you know, that's what that means. The cartridge box, the ammo box. I, you know, um, I don't know. But then in the middle of all this, I'm a Christian. I live by faith. The Bible wasn't written for America. It was written for all of history and all of mankind. And not all of mankind has had the freedoms that we have. So if we lose our freedoms, that doesn't make the Bible not true. It doesn't make living by faith go away. Living by faith is still there. And in our, in our, um, the places we look to maintain our freedom and citizenship, as they feel like they're being taken away, taken away from us, where do we turn? What, what's the ultimate thing? The ultimate thing is, am I, am I the question as a Christian that I face is, am I willing to choose to go through what God wants me to go through so that he's honored and glorified? And I put that as a higher priority than the freedom that goes with my citizenship. If I lose that freedom along the way, if there's some greater plan that the Lord has, I don't know what it is, but he does. So, you know, I'm, I'm putting forth to you that I see, I see a closing in on, on freedom. I see a closing in on, on the, on our, our means and methods of maintaining citizenship and while it's discouraging and it makes me somewhat fearful or it makes me, you know, looking in the direction of being a prepper, um, ultimately, where, where, what do I, what should I be doing with respect to my, my walk with the Lord and, and, and the whole honoring the Lord in my life thing. Where does, how does this fit in? Because living by faith works if in, in any form of government, I mean, some are easier than others, but God is still God. So there, you know, I'm throwing out a little bit more to you than, uh, than what we talked about, but the, these are the, these are the the pieces that are in my head that are unresolved. Well, Mitch, I appreciate your time, and I definitely appreciate you taking the time to explain that you know concept of the of the four boxes. Um, I don't think a lot of uh, folks have ever heard of that, so you know th- uh, that was great, and it definitely gives us something to chew on. Thank you. Yeah. All right, man. We're going to get back to it. You have yourself a good night. We'll call you in again later. All right. Thanks. Bye now. Okay. So clearly, 
Um, if the NSA, if the FBI are listening, uh, I am not with that guy. He was, he was a crazy man. I'm just going to go ahead and throw him under the bus publicly. Um, Caleb and I are your buddies. Uh, when you come for us, I am not only going to cooperate, I'm going to turn in crazy men like that. Okay. So I'm going to be an asset. I'm going to be the kind of prisoner that you put in a boxcar and I'm going to listen to everyone else and I'm going to find out all their secrets and their plans. And I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that comes to you and gets an extra ration of, of warm gruel. Okay. So you just remember that. Yeah. And I'm here to absolutely verify what Patrick just said that Patrick would never, Patrick would, would never uh, say anything controversial like that. So anyways, glad we got that. <clears throat> glad we got that out of the way. So, so, I think it, it's a really good point, you know, that Mitch brought up that idea that when one area is shut down, we move on to the next. And I believe that the soapbox is being shut down. So we hope that the ballot box is going to change things. And then when we see fraud there, we go to the jury box because we have a system of law and order. We are a government uh, of laws. We're a nation of laws, not of men. But then we start to see that there's a certain group that doesn't seem to ever go to jail, no matter how much cocaine uh, and how many hookers they get involved with, you know, no matter how many laptops are full of, you know, top secret data, you know, um, it's (laughs) nobody goes to jail. So then you start to lose hope in the Justice Department. And and what unfortunately tyrants never understand until um they are marched out into the town square by robespierre they never understand that there is a point where everybody's had enough you know and nowadays uh that last point is the ammo box and the fact is there's a lot more of us than there are of you you know so what we all want is for america to return to being a nation of laws. We want it to be a place where we can have free and fair elections and my guy loses. That's fine. My guy's not always going to win. Okay. But we, we can't put up with the fraud forever. So that's the problem that the American citizen runs into. Now, the question that I have for folks and Caleb, what I want to bring up to you is where does the Christian fit into that idea? And how is that different? Well, so uh, real quickly, I, th- I, I th- it was good to have him on because I think he represents, you could just tell from the tone in his voice, you can, you can sense the discouragement that many, many voters, many Christians are having with going to the ballot this year. Oh, yeah. And I, I understand, but at the same time, uh, I, I have to look at it and, and, and I agree with everything that he said as far as, as, as those different squares, as he, as he put it, the ballot box. The, the Justice Department is is clearly compromised. You look at what happened with there's plenty of election fraud evidence and the Supreme Court wouldn't even look at it. The Supreme Court had multiple opportunities to look at it and they didn't even look at it. So do they, then do you say, well, the Supreme Court is we, we have lost faith in the Supreme Court? Well, at the same time, there was also some big wins in the Supreme Court this year on gun rights and abortion that nobody would have ever dreamt of even happening. I mean, a few years ago, I was at a March for Life in Washington, D.C., and that was like a pipe dream that eventually we'd actually get the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. 
so that was a huge victory. And, and so I, I am hopeful. I understand the discouragement and I understand why people give up hope. Um, and I thought, I thought he gave a, a, a good, a good representation uh, just of a lot of the friends that I have that I've talked to that are probably not going to be voting this year because they're discouraged. And I think that the enemy is waging uh, the enemy being the, the Democrat party or whatever other evil powers that there be, they've been waging psychological warfare and they've won. If they get to the point that they, that we feel like that everything's compromised, why try? And so if they can get Christians to sit this election out, that's a big victory because I do believe that, evil has reared its ugly head in this country to the point that there are a lot of common sense and moral people in this country that are fed up with it and ready to make a change. And I think we, I'm, I'm hoping for a red wave in this, in this election. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm putting too much stock in the swampy rhino Republicans in actually being able to accomplish something. But I think it's time that we make a statement as a nation and say, we're, we're, we're tired of this mayhem and craziness. So I'm excited to vote. I'm excited to see what's happening. And I wish that more Christians wouldn't be so discouraged. I understand why that why we well, we are discouraged. But as voters, this is our time to shine. This is the time to get out and actually make a difference. And I honestly think that midterm elections are are an overlooked very few people get out and vote in the midterm elections compared to the actual presidential election years. And this is our time to get out and actually make a difference because we have have an opportunity to to remove some of the crazy people from office. And maybe maybe the thing to do would be like you said, Patrick, for everybody just to if you're fed up with both sides of the party and that's your and that's where you're at and you don't want you don't want the right or the left, then get out and at least vote for a libertarian. And, yeah. and maybe and maybe that's at least fun. make a statement there where there's oh wow, we actually had a 15% rise in votes for libertarian candidates this year and and there's some hope there. I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is, but sitting it out and just rolling over and and playing dead and saying I'm discouraged, I don't like what's happening, so I'm not even going to vote. At that point, I like I said, I don't think we should retreat from engaging. No, absolutely not. And Mitch just texted me, you know, and something he reminded us of is that he still has hope and he's still voting. And Caleb, Caleb and I obviously still believe in the soapbox because we get on here. I mean, what are we doing right now? You know, we're trying to get, you know, messages out. Uh, we do believe in the ballot box. We are going to go and vote. Um, I And I do uh, believe in uh, the Justice Department. I do believe in law enforcement. I do believe that there are a lot of people with integrity. The problem is that we've seen... Uh, the FBI abused their powers. We've seen the IRS and the law enforcement um, wing of the IRS abuse their powers. We've seen the Justice Department, uh, not only under, you know, current Merrick Garland, but also under Bill Barr. He could have done something about the election fraud. It was his job uh, and nothing was done. The Supreme Court did nothing. And for us to think that an investigation wasn't even warranted, we're not saying you had to come out on the on our side, but the idea that we're not, yeah, we're not even going to look into it. Like, guys, it's your job to look into it. So the problem is that we see these dominoes falling and the, and the concern is uh, we're being backed into a corner. Okay, now I want to shift gears here and talk about a couple Bible verses. And then after this, Caleb, we can call it because I know we're going to be rounding an hour and a half by the time we're done with this little bit. But I've been I've been having a, full, a lot of fun. OK, so what I am going to say <coughs> is that my hope is not 
in the Republican Party. It's not in the Democratic Party. It's not in the Libertarian Party. Uh, it's not in the U.S. Uh, government at all. Um, you know, I every once in a while, I'll see a little sign that'll say, you know, uh Jesus 2020, and it's written in red, white, and blue. And I love those signs because it's a reminder that our hope should be in the Lord. And I am going to use the soapbox. I am going to use the ballot box. I am going to uh, serve in the jury box. I have lots of ammo boxes, but my hope is still in the Lord. And what I don't think enough people are doing is taking this idea seriously that nations rise and fall based on the Lord. Uh, when when Benjamin Franklin was in the uh, in Congress prior to you know the Constitution being written up and um, there was a there was a stalemate, and everyone was getting upset, and everyone was ready to give up and go home and just forget the whole thing. And and Benjamin Franklin rose up, and he said, and this is a terrible quote, but he said, uh, "If uh, God governs in the affairs of men, and the longer I live, the more I am convinced of this one truth." Uh, that God governs in the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without our Father's notice, it is unlikely that an empire will rise without his concurring aid. And that was him referencing uh, the portion of Scripture in, I believe it's Matthew 7, it's 5, 6, or 7, where God talks about how he cares about our affairs and God knows when a sparrow falls to the ground and dies, right? A sparrow is the most worthless bird. There is, you can't eat a sparrow. You can't do anything with a sparrow. Okay. It's, I mean, it's just a total waste of time. And it says that God, the father in heaven notices when a sparrow dies and falls to the ground. And if that's the case, then countries don't rise and fall on their own. And he suggested that every time Congress get together, that it be opened up in prayer. The idea that we need to beseech the Father for help if we are going to run a government. And they started that very day. They said, we're going to pray for this country. And from that day until this, the United States government has hired and has someone on salary who opens up every uh, every session of Congress with prayer. And I think a lot of people have lost that and they've forgotten that. And the Bible says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and this is just you know such a wonderful verse. Uh, it says, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land." And we know who that was written to and the time that it was written, but I think that is apt for God's people at any time. God says 
that we have four things we need to do and God will do three. We need to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. And then God promises to hear us from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. That's what the Christian needs to do. I am 100% hopeful of a red wave. I am 100% sure that that red wave will be a total waste of time because Republicans are a joke, right? They are rhino nonsense, Democrat appeasing pansies that will not stand up and set their purse down and take off their dress and put on the big boy pants and vote the way they're supposed to. So I know that they're going to drive this country right off a cliff if they get elected, but I'm still hopeful and I'm still going to go out and vote. But what I know for sure, I am 100% positive that the way America survives is through the Lord. We have to get on our knees. We must fast. We must pray. We must beg God. We must humble ourselves. We must turn from our sin. We need to get right with God and that will change America. That can change any country. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, we read, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. When you read through the Bible, Caleb, do you know the most wicked king named in the Bible? He is credited with being the most wicked king. Now, this happened after uh, Assyria came in and took away the northern kingdom. So they're already gone. So it's the southern kingdom of Judah. It was one of the last, I'm going to say six kings, but realistically, it was one of the last four. Um, And he was credited with being the most wicked king. He outlawed the Bible. He tried to eliminate Judaism from existence. He was horrible. The king's name was King Manasseh. And when you read about King Manasseh, he turned the entire land over to paganism. But what I forgot and what a friend of mine reminded me of is that when you read through the story of Manasseh in the end of his life, he turned back to God. Right. There is nothing stopping God from causing our president, our senators, our congressmen, the Supreme Court justices to recognize their sin and their need for a savior, to get saved, to get baptized, to join a good local church, to fall in love with the Bible to turn from their wicked ways and repent of all their sins and to get on track with living a godly life and doing their duty to rescue this country. There is literally nothing in the way of that. That could happen. And do you know, Caleb, if that happened, that would not even be the greatest revival in the history of the world. God already had the greatest revival in the history of the world, and he did it in the nation of Assyria, in their capital city, Nineveh. 
when Jonah the prophet walked through the town and he said, you're done. You're all toast. God's wrath is coming. And it said that the king on down to the animals repented in sackcloth and ashes. And they turned from their wicked ways and God spared Nineveh for a whole generation. That can literally happen. And I don't think Christians believe that. I don't think Christians understand that every elected official in America could get saved, could get baptized, could start going to church and love their Bible and repent and turn from their wicked ways and change this country. And it is nothing to God. Right. What is standing in the way? Is it the queers? Is it the tranny foe that, that, you know, the tranny commies? Is it, who is it? It's none of them. It's the Christians. Yeah. The Christians are the reason America is going to pot. We refuse to give up eating food for a whole day and, and set aside a day to pray. We refuse to give up our sins. We won't give up the drugs or the porn. We won't give up, you know, the lying and the cheating at work. We won't give up, you know, whatever sins are keeping us from living a righteous life. We won't get up early and read the Bible and pray with our families. We won't take the Bible and God seriously. And America, it it shows. Yeah, It's the Christians that have destroyed America. It's not the Democrats. Well, and we, our, our churches are bringing up our future politicians. A lot of politicians that we have in office right now grew up in church and in Christian homes, and yet they have no moral compass and no, no regard for God's law. Um, I think what you bring up there, if if there if there was no if there was no good that could come from us praying for our leaders, the Bible wouldn't tell us to pray for our leaders. So yeah. obviously there there is um God has his hand in in uh in affecting things that happen with our leaders just like he does in our own lives. Uh in Job uh chapter 12 it says he makes nations great and destroys them he enlarges nations and disperses them. So I think to the uh the point that you made there about Benjamin Franklin I think that God has had his hand in the building of this nation and he has blessed us. It's pretty obvious that he has and um uh, there's a verse in Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy 20, no, not 23, one. Don't look up 23, one, um, Deuteronomy 113, 23, one is not appropriate to do on, a pub, on the public forum. Deuteronomy 113, it says, take you wise men and understanding and known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. So I think that God does expect us to elect wise leaders such that he, it's, I, I hate to say this and I see this in the church sometimes. It's not, not like that. What was it that Trump said that when Mexico sends us their people, they're not sending us the brightest and the, yeah. the best. Unfortunately, when, when people get saved, they're not always the brightest and the sharpest tools in the shed. And so obviously if we can, if we can elect leaders that seem to be wise, then it seems like they have a mind that God can, can affect and, and, and speak to if they're intelligent I'm sorry to say this, but Joe Biden has kind of passed his prime as far as being able to use wisdom and logic and God being able to get a hold of him. It would take 
Where am I? What's going on? Oh man. Anyways, I was listening to him give a speech the other day and he was rambling on about some something about guns and gun rights and 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 deer people going hunting and the deer not wearing Kevlar vests and why do you need why do you need ARs and whatever. And I was I was thinking about it. Well, actually that's the whole the whole the point with the second amendment was never about hunting deer mm-hmm. in the first place. Our Second Amendment rights were were to be able to take over. That's that fourth soapbox there, as far as the ammo box is concerned. And that, to me, should always be the last resort. But we have a right in this country to to defend ourselves against a tyrannical government, which I think the most American thing that I've seen. I'm I'm going to implicate myself here on the January sixth thing. I was not there, but I think it was the most okay. American thing that I've ever seen start to unfold. The fact that they were that they only took selfies. <laughs> and, and broke a broke a couple pieces of glass was very disappointing to me. I don't think we raise real men in this country anymore. <laughs> when you look back at at patriots in this country, the Tea Party and different people that have actually accomplished things, they didn't do so by sitting around and being good citizens that that didn't cause any problems or break any laws. So yeah, I, I think I that is our last resort. I hate to yeah. see us go to civil war. Sure, because it's messy and it's terrible. And oh yeah, absolutely, we should try ev- absolutely every other option. But once they take once they take that off Fine. the table, once that option is off the table, we're done. We're gone. I would like to avoid civil war at all costs. But if we're going to go there, then let's hurry up and do it before my boys are old enough to march off on their own. Right. I would rather do it now while I'm still young enough to march off and fight and kill a bunch of commie, liberal, pinko, tree-hugging, sandal-wearing, fairy nutjobs. I'll be the one to go do it, and my kids can stay at home. I don't want the next generation to have to do that. So if it's going to happen, then let's get on with it. So if your friend didn't get us banned off some social media platform, we probably just... And you know what's funny is... Did you ever read about the Boston Tea Party? Right. And what they did? Because I hate to tell you, it was a lot more destructive than January 6th. Did you hear that, CNN? They put the, the your current the out. current the current Isn't tea party cool? movement. The current tea party movement looks like the ladies that, that tea was supposed to get delivered to. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. Sitting around in their bonnets, sipping tea. I don't real know men were off what to work. CNN reporter had the balls to call that an insurrection. Are you well, kidding me? Both the, both politicians, the politicians on both the left and the right, Republicans were out. They Who were out saying this is Earth brings no firearms to an insurrection. Right. If I'm overthrowing a government. There are going to be bullets flying somewhere. That's not an insurrection. Right. That is insane that someone would call it that. They, not, yeah, they, they, they broke in, they sat on the desk, took some selfies, took, took some a selfies, laptop, broke a couple yep. of windows. Yeah, someone drank, uh, you know, a half a bottle of Nancy Pelosi's vodka. She's got a closet full of it, and she's missing, you know, someone drank half of one of her fifths, and, oh, we got to throw them in jail. 
<laughs> Nancy, I'll pay for the vodka. Okay, shut up. Insurrection. Uh, yeah, no, I, that would be the most American thing that I've seen in my lifetime is if they actually would have broken to the Capitol and they would have shot <laughs> about half of the politicians in there. Burn the buildings to the ground. There you go. That's what we think. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, I don't know why I got off on that. You, 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 had, you were looking very pastorly there for a minute, sharing some scriptures, giving all these. <laughs> nope. I want to finish this podcast right with the burning of the Capitol building to the ground. The British had it right, Caleb. <laughs> they well, did from- it. <laughs> My last statement on here is that from a from a Christian perspective on this podcast, the Bible Thumper, we do not approve of political jokes. No, we've, we've seen too many of them get elected. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So as it is, as as we said, I just want to make the point that. Far too many people put way too much stock in the elections and politicians, and we all need to get all hot and bothered about sin. Okay, we all need to be passionate about our Bibles. Um, people get so mad and so out of whack from the political party on the other side, their their opponents, and uh, it's unbelievable the amount of sin that we let into our house and let into our lives and see day to day and we're just like eh, eh, well, whatever Caleb you can't even watch a television program like literally every television program in Hollywood is playing the game count the queers like how many episodes of a new show that my wife and I try to watch can we get through without just having the queers ram down our throat and it's like, oh, wow, look at that. We made it 10 whole minutes on a show, you know, without some diked out butch lesbians making out, you know, and ruining the whole thing. Wow, that was great. We got 10 minutes of television in before I threw up in my mouth, you know, and, and it just ruined the whole night. That's what we're up. It's <clears throat> can't we get bothered about sin anymore? When did Christians all of a sudden start getting bothered about politics and elections and forget about, do you know how much God hates sin? We should be passionate. We don't need to be passionate about, yeah, let's have a rally. Let's go to Washington. We're going to have a rally and we're going to, you know, hold up signs and make videos and we're going to protest this and we're going to protest that. And I'm thrilled that people go out and they protest for for pro-life stuff. That's wonderful. But I wish half of them had that much passion about reading their Bible and praying. That's all I'm saying. Do you think that might actually change a country? Do you think that might affect change? Right. Yeah, no, I, I say my hope is in the Lord, um, but I'm also hoping, I'm also hoping that whatever plan that they had with the jab (laughs) for population reduction, I've noticed there seems to be one demographic of society that went for that more so than the other. Yeah, the liberals, (laughs) the damn, they're, they're. They're kind of sabotaging themselves because... Those are Bible thumper listeners. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Well, I can tell you this. Okay, so if you're gay and you're you're an unsafe gay person, uh, more <laughs> power to you. I'm not nothing against you because uh, that that's absolutely great that you can, that you can live your life that way. If you're a Democrat and you're gay, I think that's absolutely great. I'll but, tell you uh, what I, your your children. I don't have to worry about your children whether they're going to, <laughs> to yep. be Democrats or not. So in yep. a way, it's self sabotage. Uh, yep. because they're they're up to an agenda that isn't practical i mean the uh, they're trying to figure out a way to to convince me that that gay men can be pregnant and, and have babies but so far yeah, i'm not convinced with i'm not convinced not. their children are going to do well at the ballot box no so in some ways in some ways i i kind of i look at what's the direction this country is ha is headed in and i feel like that we're starting to actually see the logical conclusion of the road that we're headed down and the dark is getting darker and the light is getting lighter and it's easier to see right from wrong. And I, I really, really hope that there is revival in this country and that people get sick of the sin that is rampant in, in our culture and that the church wakes up and decides to start, stop trying to be a, a nicer, cleaner version of the rest of society, but that we actually have revival and we, and we allow God to, to, um, there to be a rebirth people get saved and and actually start it starts in the homes and in the churches and that's where we can pray and make a difference so all right folks we have hit one and three quarter hours we are going to cut it off i was just going to go down a new rabbit trail but i'll save that for caleb and i chit-chatting in our post bible thumper podcast talk uh, thank you for joining us. Please join us every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. You can comment live. Uh, we appreciate all of you folks uh, that did so. Um, uh, uh, looks like uh, John and Becky Hewitt were on here and Mitch. Uh, I don't know if you, you're watching the video, but they just wanted uh, me to say hi and just let you guys know how much they love your family and they appreciate you being on here. Uh, and folks, if you uh, you put up a good comment while we're chit-chatting, we'll throw it up on the screen and let the whole world see it there. We'd certainly uh, like more folks to, uh, you know, maybe call in and be a part of the show as we do it live. I know that uh, that can be difficult sometimes. Uh, check us out on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for Bible Thumper, po Bible Thumper Podcast on Facebook, YouTube and everywhere you listen to a podcast and you can find us there. So Caleb, and get thank out and vote. Us. Yeah. Oh, and get out and vote. Okay. Yeah. You can skip voting for us this week. If you don't hit the like button, go vote at the ballot box. Yeah. There you go. You don't have to like us. Okay. But please uh, go to the ballot box and vote. If you live in Colorado, try to gather up as many more ballots as you can. There's still time and, uh, <clears throat> and, and vote the way that God would want you to. Okay. Everyone have a good night. I'm sure God wants